Big Ten fans, welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Michael Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MFC2123. It is Friday, October 4th, 2019. And yesterday, saw the conference being fairly quiet. However, Anthony Campanelli is making his first big move as Rutgers interim. Remember, interim head coach. And that decision was naming Johnny Langan the starter over the injured McLean Carter. Carter is currently dealing with some concussion issues. And incumbent starter Arthur Sitkowski. And Sitkowski obviously was handpicked by Chris Ash. And doesn't seem like that's what Campanelli is going to do. So it's interesting that Campanelli opted to go with his choice here in Langan. And I'm not going to lie, he's doing Sikowski a solid here. And the reason being is, is that Campanelli told Sitkowski, or at least he sat him down and said earlier this week that this decision was going to happen. And they had a conversation, and it came to the conclusion that they wouldn't play Sitkowski in this game. And the reason being is because Sitkowski plays, that means he'd play in five games this year, which means he's not eligible for a red shirt, which means that if he wanted to transfer, he'd lose a year. And so Campanelli's doing him a solid by not playing him this weekend against Rutgers. He's the emergency, emergency quarterback. So I like this move. I think it's pretty endearing by Campanelli. Obviously, there's a potential that Campanelli is not the head coach for Rutgers going forward. But in their contest against Maryland this weekend, which I think is it's not a must-watch game because there's two other games this weekend in conference that are must-watch games, two top 25 matchups that are must-watch games. But I think this one's a little intriguing, though. You're looking at a Maryland squad that's coming off of a big-time shutout loss against Penn State. Rutgers coming off against back-to-back losses as well. Uh, Actually, three losses in a row, but back-to-back losses that hurt. Uh, the BC loss, uh, the Michigan loss. I mean, you can even throw that shutout against Iowa as well. They've played two Big Ten opponents and scored zero points, allowing 82. There's a reason why Chris Ash was let go. Like a couple people have been questioning whether or not that was the right move to do it now. I was okay with it. Obviously, I wrote last week in my article for 670 The Score that I saw this one coming. I'll also put Illinois' Lovey Smith and Michigan's Jim Harbaugh in the hot seat, although I don't think that those two schools will make in-season changes. There could be post-season changes there as well. But this game, a little intriguing. Uh, you're looking at Mike Loxley needing to rebound. Looking at Anthony Campanelli getting his first go-around at home. So... There's, there's some definite storylines going on here in the Maryland-Rutgers game. Obviously, not big implications nationally or even conference-wise. Uh, both teams 
0 and 2, or I mean, well, Rutgers 0 and 2, Maryland 0 and 1 inside the conference. So, not big stakes here, but still interesting game. An interesting game. We'll continue with the 11 o'clock slate as well. Wisconsin's got a bye week this week. Oh wait, I'm sorry. They're playing Kent State. They have a bye week this week. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin should just mow over Kent State. This one should be pretty easy for the Badgers. You look for Jack Cohen to get back on track. He struggled last week against Northwestern. The Northwestern defense is pretty solid, so understandably why he struggled. And you're looking at a, a Wisconsin team that's just way too talented for Kent State to even be in the same plane as them. So the line is 35 and a half. Uh, I don't quite see Wisconsin covering, but I could see them doing it. Um, but again, a quote-unquote bye week for Wisconsin playing Kent State while everyone else in the conference is playing conference opponents. The other two 11 o'clock games, Penn State hosting Purdue, and this one, unfortunately for Purdue, like I reported earlier in the week, might be not pretty. And the reason being is quarterback Elijah Sindelar out. He is out for six to eight weeks with a broken clavicle. Reported this earlier in the week. It's unfortunate for Sindelar as he battled back from an injury. Finally got in the field last week and then hurt his shoulder. Broken clavicle. Out the six to eight weeks. And star all everything. Rondale Moore hurt his hamstring on the same play that Sindelar got hurt as well. And he's going to be out for a little while. Jeff Brom wants to be very, very careful with his star wide receiver, punt returner, all everything, Rondell Moore. And so resting him until he's 100% healthy seems like the right idea. Purdue's going to go with Jack Plummer. And Plummer just doesn't do what Sindelar can do for this offense. There's a big-time drop-off. Obviously, they, they scored some points against Minnesota last week, but in a, lo in, in a losing effort. I just, after what Penn State did the week before against Maryland, I just don't see Purdue missing two of their best players, being able to really hang with Penn State. I think Penn State is the most underrated school in the conference. Yeah, they're ranked 12th nationally. I think they're better than that. I think they're a top eight school, at least up to date. And I see that continuing. I can't see them losing this week. Uh, Penn State should handle Purdue fairly easily. And the biggest game inside the conference on the 11 o'clock hour, Iowa, number 14th ranked. Traveling to Ann Arbor to face the Wolverines, the 19th-ranked Wolverines. And Michigan, yeah, they murdered Rutgers. But if you look at their history, Jim Harbaugh, he has no issues with Rutgers. He's always played them well as a head coach at Michigan. He's always pretty much run up the score. And 
had very large winning margins for the Wolverines. But this one's going to be a little different. Iowa's coming off of a bye week. I think the Hawkeyes are ready. They're healthy. They've got some good things going. Yeah, that Middle Tennessee State game, you know, 48 to 3. Again, you know, nothing out of the ordinary there. But this is a test. This is I would say this is aside from, you know, Iowa State solid team got the win. I think that this game is going to be similar to that game. Lower scoring. I think a lot of defense is going to be played in this one. And although Michigan is favored at home, I like Iowa going into Michigan and beating them. I just don't think that Michigan's really got everything going for them this year. Uh, I think the quarterback controversy, the the Shea Patterson, Dylan McCaffrey issue, uh, McCaffrey obviously isn't going to play this week, but I think that that looms a little bit. Uh, the issues with Josh Gaddis moving him from the box to the field. And, yeah, they they scored a lot of points against Rutgers, but it's Rutgers last week. Let's be real here. Rutgers is one of the worst teams statistically in the country. And if Michigan didn't do that, I think you'd be a little bit more surprised at that outcome than what the actual outcome was. Zach Charbonnet, we'll see if he's ready to go. Obviously, a, a few weeks ago, we reported that he potentially had some knee issues that popped up. So it'll be interesting to see what that happens. Uh, Donovan's Peoples-Jones finally returned. The rumors about him and Tarek Black sitting out were untrue, which I'm really glad that they were. But I just I can't I just don't think this is a year where you know Michigan's got everything going for them. Having to replace the offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, I think that's just too much this year for the Wolverines to overcome. And I think Iowa actually wins this one. I think Iowa's got a really good shot at beating Michigan. I think they do that this weekend. 3.30 games. Uh, 3, 3 o'clock, 3.30, 2.30. The afternoon games, the mid-afternoon games. The first ones going on is the Illinois-Minnesota game. This one's winnable for the Fighting Illini, I think. I think the Illini are, are solid. I think that they're a little bit better than their 2-2 two two record. I think that they should have been 4-0 and at this point in time in the season. Which is exactly what Minnesota is. I've been very impressed with Tanner Morgan. Very impressed. He actually ranks inside the top 10 in quarterback efficiency in front of a guy named Justin Fields, who has been lighting up everyone for Ohio State. And that's hats off to Tara Morgan. He had one incompletion last week, threw for over 300 yards. Very impressive. Big Ten Player of the Week as well. He's formed a really good relationship with Rashad Bateman. Tyler Johnson really hasn't even, really, he's been involved, but not as much as you would think from receiver that's going to set multiple school records this year still on pace to do some of that but Tanner Morgan well done Brandon Peters for Illinois uh, he needs to he needs to do better they need to take care of the ball I think a lot of Illinois problems has been on the physical side when you look at what they've done their two losses the last two weeks that they've been on the field 
They had an opportunity to beat Eastern Michigan late. They failed. They had a late lead against Nebraska. They also failed. I think this comes down to conditioning. I think that the fighting Illini aren't conditioned very well. And I think that the bye week and if Lovey Smith realized what was going on, he'd run them hard. Make sure that they're good and fresh in the fourth quarter. Some of it has to do with depth, obviously. When you don't have a very deep team and you're playing your number ones a lot, they will get tired in the fourth quarter. So I think that if Lovey Smith sees what I see, and that's the fact that they've faltered late, because they really should be 4-0. If they faltered late in both their losses last two weeks, if they get a little bit more conditioned, if the Illini are conditioned a little bit better, I think they could win a couple more games, potentially get to that six wins, go to a bowl game, but we'll see. However, I think Minnesota actually takes care of business this weekend. I think the Illini will keep it close, but unfortunately, late, they'll lose it. And this one should be a, a decent watch because you know, there's some intrigue around Minnesota. I could see Minnesota, if they hit that 5-0, and I could see them being ranked. They'll, they'll be ranked low, maybe 25th, maybe just at the outside of the top 25 receiving votes. But... I think that a 5-0 and Minnesota, definitely going to catch a little bit of attention around the nation. The other 3 o'clock game, Pitts Northwestern against Nebraska. This game, it's, it's, it's hard to tell what's going to go on in this game because when you look at Nebraska, you look at a team that came back against the Illini two weeks ago, got a big road win against Lovey Smith and Scott Frost, you know, there's a little bit of momentum going on there. College game day coming in last weekend. A night game, the only night game in the Big Ten. And what does Nebraska do? They lay a complete egg in this one. Down a lot at halftime. Only scoring seven points in the third quarter. And I wouldn't say a garbage touchdown, but a touchdown that really didn't do anything in the outcome of the game. And they face a defense that's statistically it's not as good as Ohio State's. But look at what Northwestern did against Wisconsin last week. If you think about what they actually did, yeah, Wisconsin scored 24 points. But Northwestern's offense had... A fumble recovered in the end zone by the Badgers. And Tyler Johnson also threw a pick six as well. So that's 14 points the offense gave to Wisconsin. And if the offense hadn't done that, they would have been in a tussle last week. Wisconsin would have been with Northwestern. So, really, when you look at it, the Northwestern defense allowed just 10 points to the Badgers. 10 points to one of the best offenses in the country. That's impressive. Very impressive. And if the Wildcats can duplicate that kind of performance on the road once again, I think they can win this game. 
because it's going to be low scoring, I think. I don't think that there's going to be a ton of scoring in this game. I think that Taylor Martinez will do some good things. I think Hunter Johnson really needs to take that step. He's close, but he just hasn't been able to take that step. And if he's able to take that step, Northwestern's going to have enough offense and plenty of defense to stay in all their games. I think this is the week where they kind of figure out a little bit of things on the offensive side. They get past that 21-point mark, which, oh, they desperately need to get past. They have yet to score over 15 points. I'm sorry, in any of their losses, over 15 points. When they beat UNLV, they put up 30. That's the key here for the Wildcats. If they're able to put up over 21 points, I think that they have a very good chance of winning. I think that's what happens this week. I think they're able to score on Nebraska. I think that the Wildcats will come away with a win this weekend going into Nebraska. And once again, Nebraska underperforming with Scott Frost. So, unfortunately, in a year where everyone kind of predicted Nebraska to break out, I think they're a year away still. The depth quite isn't quite there yet, and I think they get bitten at home back-to-back weeks against Northwestern. And in the night game, once again, Buckeyes under the lights, hosting the Spartans, Mark D'Antonio. Mark D'Antonio obviously knows Ohio State very well, being their defensive coordinator on a national championship team with Jim Trestle in 2002-2003. And Ryan Day, all he's done in his tenure so far, he's gone 5-0 and this year, filling in for Urban Meyer. Last year he went 3-0, and including a road win in Texas on a neutral site against TCU, although necessarily a neutral site due to the fact that it's in Texas and they were playing TCU. However, the offense has looked fantastic. The defense, that's the defense that's made the biggest difference. Those silver bullets are actually flying this year. Last year, not so much. This year, they've, they've made big-time strides on the defensive side of the ball. And they look, I wouldn't say they look like an unstoppable force. But boy, do they look good. They look really good. Michigan State, they've had struggles on the offensive side of the ball this year. Yeah, they've put up some points. But when they faced very good defenses, again, Northwestern, yeah, they scored 31. But Northwestern's offense, once again, helping them. Indiana, that was a tight one. The 40-31 to 31 is a little bit deceiving because... The Spartans got a touchdown to close out the game in a game where Indiana had an opportunity to win. So I don't think the, I think these Spartans are overrated. That top twenty-five ranking, yeah, four and one makes sense. But I I, I probably would have switched them with Minnesota at this point in time. I think Minnesota has shown a little bit more to me. I don't think that Michigan State can play with Ohio State in this one. 
think the Buckeyes are just that good. I think the Buckeyes win going away. I think they win by a couple touchdowns. So we'll see. But I think that Ohio State definitely, definitely, definitely is much better than Michigan State. Uh, one, actually one, a couple other notes going on here before we close out for the weekend. Uh, a few Illini players, Jamal Woods and Kenyon, ja uh, Kenyon Jackson, came up to Chicago, visited Bobby Roundtree at the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab. They reported that he's doing well in his rehab. Uh, if you don't remember what happened with Roundtree over the summer, he was in a swimming accident, hurt his spine, and obviously bad injury. And... Roundtree's working his way back. Uh, love to get on the field, although I'm not sure that's a realistic goal for him. But being able to walk in, young man is getting at it with his rehab, watching his Illini from afar. And it's good to see that over the bye week, a few players went and visited their teammate as he recovers from that horrible spine Injury. Uh, Scott Frost also addressed the media on Khalil Davis's suspension by the conference. The defensive tackle was suspended for this coming game this weekend against Northwestern. Uh, Frost was unaware of the instance in the game and mentioned that Davis not only will be punished by the conference, but there will be some in-house punishment as well. Wasn't very, you know, forthcoming as to what that was, but obviously Davis is not just going to be hit by the Big Ten. He's going to be hit by Nebraska as well. And a quick note for that game also, as Isaiah Bowser and Rashawn Slater both are questionable for the Wildcats. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, see if they get on the field at all. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the time and the listen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MFC2123. Go ahead and follow the show page as well at Two Cents Pods. Like us on Facebook, Two Cents Pods over there. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a fun time watching the games this weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday, Big Ten fans.